0: Economics Radio is supported by Central Lakes College, Central Minnesota's premier community college. This episode of Economics is also brought to you by Epic Games and Dolby Digital by ProLogic for supplying the audio recording device for this podcast. What would you think if I told you that economics is not just something found in the Wall Street Journal or on Fox Business? Economics is behind every choice we make. High school students use economics every day, usually without even knowing it. From AHS Studios, this is Economics, the podcast that explores the hidden side of high school. Greetings, friends, students, staff, and others. My name is Jake Fontaine, and this is economics. Now, for the most part, students tend to have primarily two antagonists in school. Uh, The first, of course, is math class. Math, albeit foundational in the education system, is nearly universally hated by a majority of high school students, and quite a few adults for that matter. Now, the other antagonist is also foundational to the education system and has actually been under scrutiny in the past couple of years for just how prominent it is in the Western education system. What I'm talking about is, of course, homework. Homework is something that we've all been subject to since we started going to school. Even kindergartners are given small homework assignments, and students are sent home with worksheets as soon as they can write. Due to the prevalence of homework, it has become a part of each student's life. And yet, we don't really consider the impacts of homework, and don't think about proper ways of approaching it. I'd like to change that, so let's get right into it, discussing this aspect of our life, homework. Just so that we have a common foundation to build on, the first idea I want to address is simple cost-benefit analysis of homework. Well, first off, why do we do homework? We do homework to get better grades, so there isn't a zero in the grade book. We get more knowledge out of doing homework, and this may have some value to certain students, but essentially, it helps us better understand what we are being taught. This then leads to higher scores on tests, which gives us further, higher grades. Now, the pursuit of higher grades and grades as a goal to work towards is a whole other podcast in and of itself. So let's just agree that good grades is a worthwhile goal. But what does it take to get better grades, in terms of homework? There are two costs that are important, the first of which is time. Whatever homework assignment one has, it takes time. Be it 15 minutes for a quick English worksheet, or uh, an hour and a half for that math assignment. The other cost is what I'd like to primarily focus on, however, and that is the effort it takes to do homework. You see, the effort to do homework comes in the form of mental energy. A lot of comparisons can be drawn between mental energy and physical energy, which is something we're all a bit more familiar with talking about. The more effort you put into a physical task, the better you can do with that task, and the more you can do. And you can only do so much physically before you get tired. Even if you're not going ham on the bench press and just stocking shelves at the grocery store, you're still using finical physical energy, and you can't do tasks for too long without getting tired, depleting your physical energy. Now, the big difference between physical energy and mental energy is how they are replenished. Physical energy can be somewhat replenished by eating energizing foods or relaxing for a while. Mental energy, however, can't be replenished so easily. With physical energy, you can just stop doing a task that requires physical energy and your physical energy stops being depleted. However, with mental energy, you can't really stop doing a task that requires mental energy. Even doing things, uh, even doing activities like browsing Instagram or watching Netflix still takes up mental energy as you're still thinking about what sort of information you're consuming. Sure, caffeine can mitigate the effects of being mentally tired, but it doesn't really replenish the mental energy, it just makes you feel like you have more mental energy. What all of this means, the, the real point I'm trying to get at, is that mental energy is finite, and it can't be replenished easily, as the only real way of replenishing mental energy is getting a good night's sleep, um, getting into that REM, REM stage of sleep which takes a few hours. So, the fact that mental energy is finite, and we can't really stop using up mental energy, only deplete it at differing rates, is important to keep in mind for something I'll talk about a little bit later. But for now, let's just take a look at how we use the resource that is mental energy. You see, the mental energy requirement of tasks that are primarily mental, like homework, is exponential. The longer you perform a task, the more mental energy is required. If we take a look at this mathematically and put it on a graph, we have time on the x-axis and units of mental energy needed to get a specific quality on the y-axis. Let's go back to our other antagonist, everyone's favorite subject, math. When you start a math assignment, you start out at a certain pace, doing problem after problem. Then you hit a wall. By the end of the assignment, you're spending 20 minutes on a single problem because you are sick of doing math and because you've used up a lot of your mental energy on earlier problems. Putting more effort into each problem as time goes on is required in order to get the same quality of work throughout the assignment. Putting this on, a gr- on our graph, which I'll call the homework graph, looks like a curve that keeps sloping up. Eventually, one of two things will happen. The energy required to do quality work is more than available, i.e., you're too tired. Or, the energy required to do quality work is so great that it isn't worth it by any means to put in the effort. Now, there is a term for this. In economics, we call this the law of diminishing returns. The benefit of doing quality work and better grades is less than the mental energy it requires. This is where we need to bring back the fact that mental energy is finite and non-replenishable. Since you can't just get more mental energy quickly in order to meet demand of quality work, quality work must be diminished, or the task, homework, must be stopped. This entirety of what I've explained so far is the reason behind why, regardless of initial intention, oftentimes... People can finish homework sloppily or stop halfway through even if their initial intention was to finish the homework or to do or to do their homework assignment well. The final idea I want to discuss is what I've been is how what I've been talking about relates to another concept, opportunity cost. Homework requires time and mental energy, but it also costs the opportunity of doing something else. The most common other options are, of course, video games, watching Netflix, or socializing, whatever that entails. Now, here's the thing about these tasks. They each require mental energy, but since they aren't primarily mental tasks, the energy requirement in each of these activities is linear. When plotted on what I'll call the life graph, with the y-axis Y-axis now being units of mental energy to get enjoyment of a particular activity, it is represented as a straight line. It requires the same amount of mental energy as time goes on to get the same enjoyment from any of these tasks. The efficiency of effort needed to procure the proper amount of physical and mental energy remains constant, with only a slight upturn after a few hours for introverts like myself. How exactly does this relate to the previous discussion? It relates because people need to do homework and have a life, which means we need to figure out how to put these graphs together properly. Now, there are of course an infinite number of ways of linking the, the homework graph and the life graph, some of which involves stacking them on top of each other, doing homework while doing another task. Science, by the way, shows that this drastically reduces the quality of the homework. To put these graphs together properly, we need to understand something. There is a point on the homework graph where mental energy required to do quality work is less than the benefit of completing the quality homework. This is the efficiency point. This is the last point before it is no longer worth it to put in the energy required in order to do quality work. It is at this point that one should stop the activity of homework and switch to the life graph. When one does this, one is always efficient as possible with their mental energy, meaning that the most precious resource, time, is being utilized effectively. Maximizing the profits of such a precious resource is indisputably important to discuss, and in our case, find an answer to a particular scenario. If you were to sum up what I've been discussing so far, without, of course, all of the reasonings, it's that if you do your homework, you'll have time to hang out with your friends. But if you hang out with your friends, you won't have enough time to do your homework. Since the graph on mental energy, on the life graph for mental energy is linear, there is no inclination for you to stop doing that task, as you can get so much enjoyment out of it uh, and you can keep going and going. Whereas homework, however, it's typically not an enjoyable task, and so there is quite a bit of incentive an incentive for you to stop when you hit the efi- efficiency point. Meaning that when you are about to go to a less efficient period on the graph, you then switch to a new efficient period on the life graph. We've covered quite a bit in these past few minutes, and I've discussed the most important details of each of the ideas I brought up. I am Jake Fontaine, this is an economics podcast, and we'll see you next time when Darian Carsico discusses the economics behind drinking in high school. Peace out!